0: All right, we are live with a special episode of the Xbox 2. We're going to be talking about XO18. And with me, as always, Jez Corden of Windows Central. What's going on, buddy? Hey, pal. God, this it's for a change. I've actually had
1: a really good night's sleep. So this is the first time in a while that I'm podcasting without
0: being really tired. Yeah, normally you're really tired. And I just realized I pulled a new maneuver and didn't introduce myself. Oh, my God. People don't know. I'm sorry, folks. We have Jez Corden. Who just introduced himself with the one half of hey, wait, the Xbox wait, 2. Wait, 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 wait. Can, Maybe I can introduce you. Okay, you introduce me. Let's let's see which kind of adjectives you can use to describe me. I'm I'm waiting for this. I've been waiting forever. And we have the the grand guy
1: with a million game score.
0: That, that's right. I mean, you know. I mean, that that's was, that was good. I mean, it was your first time. <laughs> you know, it was your first time. I get it. It, it was all right. You could, you know, next time open up with the Thoris, and you know, find some averages for like legend and uh, amazing, fantastic, the mythical, uh, g- good looking, handsome. You know, all those things are very well. Uh... The sexually voracious. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> we don't want we don't want we don't want to lie to people here. So, <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So thanks for joining. We're doing this on a Sunday because you weren't sure you could be able to do the show on a Wednesday or Thursday this week. So we yes. figured we got to talk about it. Big news, we didn't have a show this past week because well, you weren't around.
1: I was on a lot of planes this week. You were on a lot of
0: planes. Uh and I so it's like
1: 10,000 miles this week.
0: 10,000 miles. That's a lot. You got to you rack up a lot of uh rewards miles. I haven't had one of those programs. Maybe I really should. What um, what 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 airline did you use? What what did you use out of Germany? Out of Germany,
1: I was on KLM, which is a Dutch airline. For those who don't know, it was quite good, not the best. On the way back, I was with Delta. Which I know people hate Delta, but I've never had a problem with Delta. I quite like Delta. Shout out to Delta. This is not sponsored.
0: Mm. And, uh, Hashtag ad... <laughs>
1: Hashtag, <laughs> yeah. My favorite, um, my favorite airline is Lufthansa, which is a German firm. Very nice food and uh, free, free
0: booze. So, ooh, free booze is always good. Mm-hmm. Free booze is, well, I don't really drink, but I know people love to drink. Free booze is a thing. Now, how long was the flight? I gotta say, I mean, were you on it uh, quite a God. bit? It was the flight <clears throat> for those who don't know
1: obviously i wrote a crackdown 3 preview this week obviously in order to do that i had to be in america to play the game so flying to seattle was the longest bit of travel i've ever done in my life it was three hours of trains to nuremberg nuremberg to amsterdam waiting in amsterdam and then nuremberg now amsterdam to canada flying in a snowstorm so that was interesting I had three hours in canada very nice people in canada Shout out to Canada. Shout out to Canada. Shout out to all of Canada. And then I flew to Seattle from there.
0: Yeah. So we will definitely delve into your impressions of Crackdown 3's Wrecking Zone multiplayer. The mode that everybody's been looking forward to since 2015. Mm -hmm. You finally got to play it. Your impressions are up on Windows Central. You wrote an article. It was a really good read. I encourage everybody to go check it out. But Jez is going to talk about his thoughts about it in a little bit because we're going to go over XO first uh, because there is a ton of stuff to talk about as well as some other little knickknacks of news since this might actually be a regular episode of the Xbox 2 since we don't know if we can do one later on. So let's get the show started. If uh, you're you're just joining, make sure you give it a thumbs up here on YouTube. Subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, hi, if you're listening later on Google, and uh, soundcloud and itunes we appreciate everybody that checks out the show so um really quickly what you've been playing clearly you've been playing crackdown 3 uh playing anything else
1: other than crackdown i mean we'll touch on it a bit i've been playing a lot of battlefield 5 yeah Um, i started up a little bit too but what do you think so no embargo there's no embargo so i'm allowed to talk about it um obviously there's no embargo because it's on the origin and EA access trial for 10 hours. Um, so anyone can go and play it and 10 hours is probably enough to write a review of it anyway. So there you go. Um, I, I love it. You know, I love, I just love it. I just love, I'm a battlefield fan. Um, I really enjoyed call of duty this year, but I always sort of see call of duty as the, the popcorn, and then Battlefield is the main course. You know, that's how it goes down for me. Um, I love it. The environmental destruction is awesome. It, it feels like a step up from Battlefield 1 even. Um, I love the gunplay. It feels really tight. I love the weapons. I love, like, the World War II setting, the tanks. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the technology is a little bit more advanced than Battlefield 1. But, you know, I I'm hearing a lot of criticism for this game. I mean, even beyond the the whole there's women in it thing, um, some people, they don't like the fact that it is pretty much similar setting to Battlefield 1. You know, it's that sort of era, you know, old-fashioned technology and stuff like that. And I kind of get that. I kind of get the sense that this almost feels like it could have been an expansion to Battlefield 1, in a way. um, Because... The setting is very, very, very similar. You know, right. it's European, European theater of war and and all that sort of stuff. And um on that basis, I kind of get that people might feel fatigued with the setting. And I think it probably was a mistake on their part to have uh doubled down on that that era of conflict because I think like people are feeling fatigued from it already.
0: I am feeling fatigued from World War Two, like. I was one of the few people who actually enjoyed the future focus in modern combat of the previous ones. And it it, it was nice to delve back into battlefield one and world war one, because that was very unique and it was kind of nostalgic to take a trip through world war two and call of duty world war two. Yeah. But now it's just like, eh, you know, there's a reason they moved away from those because we've played all those games. It's like battlefield does modern combat. Maybe the best. And to see them kind of. And all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited to play through the campaign. The multiplayer, not so much. Um, I did take a look. The game looks like a beast on the X, man. Oh my God. It's insane. That's the
1: thing. I've played it on both the X and the S. And my God, I just can't go back to the S now. It's just like. You're spoiled. It it looks fuzzy, man. It looks fuzzy. it's It's not even blurry. It looks fuzzy. Like the trees look like look like white noise green white noise coming out of your tv i mean it's it's impressive that it runs as well as it does it's 60 frames 60 frames and it, it runs really well and it looks really detailed it's just the, the trade-off is my god texture resolution and stuff like that it is a fuzzy game
0: It's fuzzy man all right
1: you so you so
0: you, so you're enjoying it though haven't finished the campaign you've just been playing kind of multiplayer
1: yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't really play the campaign in these games. I mean, I'm gonna have to play it for this one because I'm actually reviewing it myself. Usually, Matt reviews them, but he's um, super busy this week, so I'll be going through the campaign myself. Um, I will say, like the atmos- They've nailed the atmosphere. Like it's almost like horror music in the background. It's not. It's not like you know the the epic sort of heroic music of um, some some shooters. It's like it's almost like horror feeling, and it's it's sobering when like everyone because they've got this whole revival mechanic now, where like if you if you get killed, you got you don't die straight away. There's a chance you can be revived, and you sort of go down for a few seconds. Um, The the spawn time is exactly the same. Like I've I've seen some people complain that it it may it's it's annoying to have to wait for longer to respawn, but the time to respawn is exactly the same as it was in Battlefield One. It's just now you get an option to be revived beforehand. Um, so, on that basis, like everyone lying on the floor screaming in agony, while there's this sort of depressing music floating in the background and all the rubble falling down from tank shells hitting the buildings, it's it's just exciting, man. I just I just love Battlefield. I mean, EA screwed up the reveal. You know, the the tone was wrong and. That, you oh, know they they're double they double down by calling. They screwed their up a stricken. lot of people.
0: And... They screwed up a lot of things, Jez. Like, <clears throat>
1: like, yeah, yeah, just the kings of screwing things up lately. But, um, you know, it is what it is, and the the game's fun. So that's how I feel about Battlefield. Um, other than Battlefield, I haven't really played a whole bunch. I have played a lot of heroes. I've gotten into the heroes of the storm this week. Uh, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know if many people want to hear about that, but Here's the Storm is a uh, MOBA on PC with Blizzard characters, kind of like League of Legends and Dota and stuff like that. But you play as Blizzard characters because, as we all know, a bit of a Blizzard fanboy. We should that's... talk about the whole
0: Diablo thing. We, later. Will. we <laughs> will. We will. We <laughs> will.
1: But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing in Crackdown 3, which we'll talk about in a minute. But what have you been playing, pal? What have you been playing?
0: I finished Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, I still haven't finished that. Oh, my God. 70 hours. 70 hours of just pure <coughs> gaming bliss. Uh, I put up a video. Why I love Arthur Morgan. It's my favorite gaming protagonist. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. The journey he goes on, his, his arc, character arc, uh, uh, unparalleled. In any other game, Damn. no, that's not to say the game's perfect, even though I think it's the best game of this year and probably the best game of the generation. There are issues with the controls, a little bit sluggish. I, you know, I had to change things around, especially with the aiming to get it to something that I wanted. Right? The fishing, um, right? the I actually fished for quite a bit. I hunted. There's so many things you can do in the game that doesn't even have to do with like the story. Uh, it's just it's the most ambitious game I've ever played clearly. Rockstar are just masters of their craft. Yeah. And any other year God of War would be an easy game of the year. Like literally <laughs> I was thinking, you know, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17 God of War would be game of the year any of those is years. Spider-Man except- though? Oh yeah, God of War is way better. God of War everyone, is a- everyone everyone like Spider-Man though, isn't that the game that sold more? Well, I mean sp- Sp- yeah, okay. Well, just because something's popular doesn't mean it's better. But yeah, Spider-Man <laughs> sold more. Obviously, he's a more well-known character. But as a game, to me at least, remember this is just my opinion, I think God of War is just an- a- another level above Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man's really good, but like God of War is just above it, right? So like to me, the only two games worthy of Game of the Year so far are Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War, and God of War would literally be game of the year every other year 2013 14 15 16 17 you know maybe 2015 might be a little tough with Witcher 3 but it would literally be God of War and but they got blocked by Rockstar but hey it is what it is they're both amazing games i love nobody them nobody beats rockstar man i just yeah
1: they're in another league i'm like when i saw when i saw cyberpunk 2077 at uh, gamescom i was like oh my god cd project red they've got they've done it they've gotten to rockstar's level but now I've seen um, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. It feels like CD Projekt Red have to get to another
0: level now. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, what else? Uh, I also played some Hitman Two um, as right. well. I it. It's um, it's more Hitman. Uh, which I didn't play much of Hitman One because of how it was released—the episodic format. Just couldn't really get into it, right? And this is coming from someone who's a big fan of the franchise. Like I've played all the previous Hitmans. And Hitman 1 came out, and I played the first, like, level. And I was like, this is really good. But then, like, it was, like, months later they released the other one, and I just didn't care. So Hitman 2, uh, I bought it, bought the $100 edition, comes with everything. And there's this cool thing where they remastered the maps of the first game, and if you own that version, you can actually play them in Hitman 2. So not only do I have the six or seven new levels of Hitman 2, I also have the six or seven levels from Hitman One remastered with like Hitman's two upgrades. So I have like the entire experience you can play through, which is pretty cool. And uh I'll be working on that. But I actually got Battlefield 5 a little bit early thanks to a friend of mine. And uh I've been playing uh so I'm gonna start to the campaign and go through that first. And then I'll go back to Hitman 2. But um and that's what I've been playing. You know, Red Dead 2, finish that up. Uh, and you know, getting into these. Yes, the Assassin's Creed Odyssey review still coming, as well as the Hitman Two review, as well as a Battlefield Five campaign review. Because I'm probably going to do that because I am interested in the campaign. I don't really have anybody to play. Mu- Although me we knew we'll play the multiplayer in, in Battlefield Five, right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. hopefully. Well, we played the bat- we played Battlefield One multiplayer together. It's just that you know, we're on at different times, you know, so it's kind of hard. You need uh, to move to Europe, man. I do. And, um, a
1: free healthcare, man.
0: Shout out to gamer. M for the super chat. He says crackdown 3's destruction has been severely reduced from OG. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Jazz will go, uh, give us his hands on impressions of the multiplayer destruction. And if it's been, uh, reduced from the original vision, um, a little bit later, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. I'm looking forward to, uh, maybe checking out Spyro. I'm not really sure, uh, yet. I am not really interested in Fallout 76. Jez, are you? I know Fallout 76 comes out this week, but I just don't care about that game at all. God,
1: Fallout 76 should be my perfect game. I really like Conan Exiles. I like those sort of survival games. I love Fallout as a genre. I love post, you know, post-apocalypse and all that sort of stuff. But after the beta, the train wreck that was the beta, the most buggy game I've played this year. And yeah, I know it's a beta, but it's like month a month out beta, which how are they going to get all this stuff fixed for the big day?
0: They're not, not going to get it all fixed. <clears throat> That's the thing. You know, they've already the, put... The day one patch is bigger than the entire game. <laughs> I mean, they already <laughs> sent out like a statement saying there's going to be spectacular bugs. You know, like, I watched Ninja stream... Uh, Ninja was on Mixer, which was weird because he's like the biggest Twitch star, but they were doing a Fallout 76 stream on Mixer and at Bethesda's Twitch channel where it was Ninja playing with Logic playing with Rick and Morty, right? <laughs> and it was one of the worst streams I've ever seen. Like there was no chemistry between anybody and the game looked like ass because they were playing it on a console. They were playing on the Xbox console. I'm not sure if it was the one X or the one S the game looks bad, and it looks, it runs like it looks like it runs like garbage. So I, I don't know. Like I'm not that big of a fan of Fallout, anyways. But nothing I've seen of Fallout 76 makes me want to go out and be like, yeah, I want to experience this game at all. Uh, and I don't know, Bethesda, they might have a disaster on their hands. But maybe it'll be saved for the fact that there are a ton of Bethesda and Fallout fanboys out well, there. It, right? Put it
1: this way. Put it this way. Our Fallout 76 coverage has done better than pretty much all of our other game coverage this year. Yeah, the, the the traffic we've been getting on this game is immense. So regardless of the, the noise about how bad it's going to be, Fallout is a huge franchise. But <clears throat> it could go like the whole Assassin's Creed Unity way, where the game ends up being so bad that it damages the whole franchise. So... Man, you know, it's it's not it's not a done deal. A franchise isn't enough to carry games anymore, as we saw with Diablo this this past week. People are distrustful, and they don't expect. You know, they don't like. They're not. People have gotten to the point now where they they don't just accept everything that a, a publisher does when it's genuinely bad. You know, people We're... people defend
0: people will often defend things. You know, franchises they love, no matter what. You but mean I there's, there's sort of fanboys that, right? that defend their favorite consoles and games? Oh, I'm shocked. You mean there's Xbox fans that will defend <laughs> Xbox no matter what? PlayStation fans that will defend sure. PlayStation no matter what? Nintendo fans that will defend Nintendo no matter what? You've, you've, you've opened my eyes that. today, Jazz. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, well,
1: you know, I've certainly seen that from Fallout as well. But I think like there, there comes a point when something is so objectively bad that even the hard, hardest of the core fans can't defend it. And like that, I don't, that's I don't the biggest, know about that.
0: I don't know well, about that. Well,
1: that's the big worry with Fallout. You know, what if it's just so bad that it kills well, kills the franchise because nothing's gonna kill Fallout? But have to release several several broken games to kill the franchise, but it could severely damage the franchise.
0: All right, well, since you brought it up, let's talk about Diablo real fast. And shout out to Lumi for the super chat. Appreciate it, brother. Are you surprised by the amount of backlash that Diablo Immortal is getting? I guess I should shut this yeah. up, right? So, BlizzCon, the conference for the hardcore that Blizzard puts on every single year, tickets range from what, $200? People fly in from across the country. This is the super That's hardcore the of the I'm Blizzard. Saving I'm right? saving
1: up my own money to go next year. I know
0: it's Roby went. Uh, yeah. You know, but yeah. So, this is like a press conference for like the ultra hardcore. And they ended the show with a in-depth look at diablo immortal which was a mobile phone game no plans of it ever coming to pc or anywhere else and man did the guys at the show hate it did the people online hate it Ooh. and like this led to you know it being like one of the most disliked uh video game trailers ever on youtube activision I, are good
1: at that now They've yeah done they are but
0: but it went beyond that because then you started having game journalists siding with Blizzard and calling out like gamers as like entitled and whiny crybabies <laughs> and it and, and i'm sitting there like looking at all this stuff and i'm like oh my lord right i didn't make a video because like i don't really I care just, about uh,
1: i just imagine you like surveying a battlefield like on fire
0: you standing above it all like oh my just, god what's going it, on yeah and it's just like it did <laughs> Like look, if in my opinion if you're going to announce a mobile game, right? You need to do it how Bethesda's done it or how Xbox has done it. Announce the mobile game alongside the core game. Like Gears Pop and Gears of War 5. Can you imagine the the reaction if Microsoft literally just only announced Gears Pop? People would have people would have thrown tomatoes at the stage at Phil Spencer and Rod Ferguson, "Get off." It would have been a bad reaction. But They were satiated because they know Gears 5 is coming, so whatever, make the phone game. Every time Bethesda's done it, Fallout Shelter, right? They've announced Fallout 4. Elder Scrolls Blade, they announced Elder Scrolls 6. There's a playbook that works incredibly well that is there for Blizzard to see. Maybe they thought they were above it all, but my God, did they get destroyed. And worst of all... Is like you see the people on stage, which I do feel a little bad for because they're just doing their job, right? People like booing them and stuff like that. But literally say, you all have phones, right? Yeah, we all may have phones, but that doesn't mean we uh-huh. want to play Diablo Immortal on our phone. That's that's basically a Chinese mobile ripoff, right? Made by a Chinese company that's gonna be filled with pervasive microtransactions to just suck the money from you, right? rip just go on a little bit more what do you think about this whole thing well first and foremost <clears throat> i think like people attacking blizzard
1: devs are assholes because let's face it the the low level blizzard dev they're they're not the person making these decisions i'm sure i'm sure nobody signed up to be a game developer to work on a predatory pay-to-win mobile game nobody nobody goes through uni thinking yeah i'm gonna work on the next candy crush i don't think anyone does that but, you know, you got to pay the bills. you got to pay them bills. So the people who are to blame for this ultimately are Activision Blizzard, the holding company that owns Activision and Blizzard. Um, Activision doesn't own Blizzard. It's some sort of weird holding company scenario. Blizzard is supposed... To, supposedly, Blizzard operates autonomously from the higher Activision thought processes. But over the last years... Uh, it started to feel like that's not the case anymore. Blizzard started, you know, for example Battle for Azeroth, sh- World of Warcraft expansion shipped this summer. It was a train crash. It was an absolute train crash. It was like the the buggiest, like most messy expansion in World of Warcraft history probably. Like the systems didn't work properly. Like all the feedback from beta and alpha been ignored. They rushed it out the gate. Now, back in the day, Blizzard used to... They they had this, like, design ethos that was like, we'll ship it when it's ready. That feels like it's gone out of the window in recent years. And everyone sort of started to see this erosion of Blizzard's culture and this erosion of quality and stuff like that. And amongst all that sort of background noise, which maybe only sort of the Blizzard hardcore fans are really sort of thinking about, they announced a mobile game at their biggest show, um, front-loaded with Netties as yep. a banner. Netties as a brand associated with predatory, pay-to-win, mobile clones. They don't. I don't think they even really make their own games. They just sort of rip games off. They already have a Diablo rip-off game, and um, it's full of pay-to-win crap and garbage. And they front-load the trailer with Netties, for God's sake. And... Um, so it's no wonder people were angry. People were livid, man. Like you see, the guy in the in the in the audience is like, "Is this an April Fool's joke?" You know, he literally said that live. I, I was watching it on the, uh-huh. on the BlizzCon ticket. Is this an April Fool's joke? It's crazy. But like, at the same time, they're gonna make an insane amount of money.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think Diablo Immortal is for that group of gamers, which is it's kind impossible. of weird to even present it to them in the first place. You know what I mean? But yeah. it all could have been avoided if they literally said, by the way, we're also working on Diablo 4. No, but right? you got to think... You gotta,
1: exactly. They, that's what they should have done. And Kotaku said... Um, Kotaku reported that the original plan was to announce Diablo 4, but, you know, I've got contact to Blizzard too, and, you know, it... It's not exactly that was the case. People, people at Blizzard pushed for them to announce Diablo 4. At least tease it alongside that stuff. Because people working at Blizzard aren't stupid. They're gamers too. And they saw the way they announced Gears Pop. But at the same time, you got to think of this. The amount of controversy that Diablo Immortal yes. is yes, generating. Yes, that
0: word. There we go.
1: Yeah. We use that every week now. The <laughs> amount of con- controversy that Diablo Immortal has generated has pushed its marketing far beyond what announcing Diablo 4 alongside it would have done. So even though like it's got loads of negative publicity, and that is publicity. And the people who this game is aimed for, they have heard about it now, when previously they might not have heard about it. Like, they probably haven't heard of Gears Pop, because there was no controversy about it controversy you know there's no controversy about giz pop but because of the controversy about diablo mall it's now everyone's talking about it and all those people who say who, ha- who are hating on it they're probably gonna play it <laughs> i'm gonna
0: play it friend yeah yeah you I'm probably will i'm not gonna it. play it i'm, I'm not
1: gonna, gonna play, play it, it. So, i'm gonna play it well, well, okay I what do. did
0: you what did you think of the whole journalist uh, coming out defending defending you know Blizzard against the outrage of the gamers like like I thought that was kind of weird like the whole pe- like the journalists calling uh, you know entitled gamers this and that almost like they it's, had to come out like... and defend their corporate overlords like the ones who pay their <laughs> ad bills like you know what it, it, it it's almost recreational
1: seemed... outrage it works both ways so it's true gets like, clicks yeah, yeah. The, the, so like. It's exactly like the 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 contra- the controversy about about Diablo Immortal leading to more and get you know more people talking about it, leading to more engagement. A dislike is worth just as much as a like, you know, well, on, on YouTube. The, that's true to more, a certain extent. The, the more, in, I mean, it's better than nothing. You know, right. if if something's like if if nobody's clicking like or dislike, then. That's bad, but if P- if equal amounts of people are cl- clicking like and dislike, people P- that ro- that causes it to rise in the trending because people want to people want to know why people are angry, you know. And for every person that's angry about Diablo Immortal, there's probably there's probably another person who's like, yeah, I want to play Diablo on my phone. And like another thing I've heard about Di- Diablo Immortal is like a lot of the, a lot of the concern about it is that it's going to be pay to win and stuff like that. And some of the Diablo clones out there a sort of like they're sort of bracketed like World of Tanks where like you play with people who have gear as good as you but the people who pay more will always be more powerful than you yeah. and like in World of Tanks like if you spend a lot of money you'll be playing against other people who spend a lot of money too but within that bracket there's still this sort of curve where people who pay money can sort of perpetually pace ahead of people who don't pay pay money and um there are di- that's the way some of these Diablo clones work too but um some of the people I've spoken to at Blizzard they've said things like we hope that we hope that fans would see that we wouldn't make it pay to win because we didn't do that with our other IP and stuff like that but the thing is man even in Hearthstone it's like when if you're a new player playing Hearthstone, I don't know if you've ever played Hearthstone, but if you're a newbie Hearthstone player, you just get destroyed by people with better cards than you. And the only way, I mean, yeah, you can grind out losing over and over again. You can sure you can grind that out until you've got a decent deck, but it's like I can ju- also just pay the money to to get buy the cards faster, you know. And it creates this sort of social pressure. To sort of, especially in a game like Diablo Immortal, where it's, you know, they've pretty much said up front that it's going to be MMO ish. It creates this social pressure to basically pay to jump and skip ahead so you can like keep up with your friends. It preys on people who have less time,
0: really. Yeah, Yeah. it certainly does. And that's, yeah. But I mean, I love the talk uh, of uh, the whole Blizzard thing, but uh, we kind of need to move into, and I'm sure there'll be more. Uh, we'll talk about it on other podcasts, but uh...
1: I'm, I'm just I'm keeping an open mind about Diablo more because I'm a Diablo fan. I like those kind of games, and I like the idea of having quality mobile games too. And you know, if anyone can make a, a Diablo game that isn't predatory and pay to win, it's probably Blizzard. But at the same time, you just can't you can't be too optimistic because it's Activision Blizzard, and Activision they don't
0: care what people think of them.
1: All they care about is the Skrilla baby. Mm -hmm. i want that money all
0: right so let's get into obviously the big talk why people are here besides to just listen to us banter back and forth about whatever we want to uh xo (laughs) 18 finally happened yesterday in mexico city and a two-hour jumbo-sized episode of inside xbox and you know, the reactions are varying depending on who you talk to. Personally, I did a video yesterday, my review of the show. I thought while it had some interesting things to talk about, obviously the two studio acquisitions, the 16 new games and the, you know, the, the Game Pass and things like that, I felt like it was entirely way too long at two hours and ended up being boring. Uh, like really boring and you know what I watched PSX 2017 that show was boring because they just sat on couches talking to us right for an hour and a half or whatever it was and I said that was boring so I gotta say this is boring too I was bored like this isn't like I literally was in a party with my friends I was engaged for the first 30 minutes jazz like I thought the first 30 minutes was fantastic right and then you know what happened? That Kingdom Hearts 3 segment. It just kind of yeah. killed the whole show for me. I, and I just found myself not caring, kind of like not even watching the thing. And I will say, though, because I, I, I there is like a talk, like people talk about the crowd there. I love the crowd, despite if they were paid off, despite if they were whatever. I thought the crowd energy. I know they weren't paid off, but that's. Obviously, people want to bring that up like they were paid off or, you know, they were told what to say. I, if it gave the show a different energy than your normal conference, your normal E3 show. Uh, okay. I felt like a lot of them were being genuine. And I like that aspect of it. And I hope Microsoft incorporates that into other XOs go- going forward. But like mm. me and you said uh, previously, uh, don't really expect E3 level stuff because that's not what this show is. Uh, I, I will say like not a new game announcement is a letdown as Spence YT just said in chat. I was expecting something, but obviously Microsoft is holding their cards close to their chest. Uh, give me your thoughts, Jazz. before then. Because I, I, can, can, I, I can ramble about this all day. I want to know what you thought. No,
1: nah, I agree with you. I think like... I mean, I was watching it with friends too, you know, and the pacing was really good. And I still, even when the pacing was good, I was thinking like, this is going to be a concise show. It's going to like, just be sort of little hit after little hit. And then, you know, end the show or something on the um, the acquisitions. And uh, yeah, it was time as you, man. They hit that Kingdom Hearts segment and everyone reached their th- for their phones and, you know, started talking about other things and stuff like that. And my God, that Minecraft bit, man. I just sort of disengaged after that Kingdom Hearts role.
0: Yeah, it, same thing. I don't get so, it. Like, I know they put this together. I know they they rehearse it, and there's PR. I don't know who thought that was a good segment. But that's the thing, though. There are people who love Kingdom
1: Hearts. So, like, and there's people who love Minecraft, and they love that stuff. And there'll be people who watch that show, and they were really happy with the Kingdom Hearts stuff. I can't stand Kingdom Hearts. I don't care about it. There's no blood in it, so it's dead to me but you know there are people who love Kingdom the mods so maybe there's people who really enjoy that stuff you know the the way they should have done that segment they should have said this was like a meeting with square enix to talk about Final fantasy and, and stuff like that and and then you know people could have maybe anticipated a bit more from the Final Fantasy thirty, and maybe they could have shown Final Fantasy seven running on Xbox instead. You know,
0: like um, <laughs> that game doesn't yeah. exist. What do you mean Final no, Fantasy seven no, remake? The OG, or, oh no, the OG forget one. the remake.
1: I don't care about that. I'm not talking about the. I'm talking about the OG one, man. I'm more, more hyped for OG Final Fantasy seven than the hack and slash bastardized remake they're making. Do not.
0: It's just that Kingdom Hearts thing was just like you had Jeff Rubenstein, who I think does a good job. Like Jeff is ask, cool, Asking a question in English to obviously, you know, I forget the dude's name, but like the head of like Square Enix, he answers in Japanese. The woman next to him, you know, writes down and reads back his translation in the most robotic voice imaginable with no emotions. Plus, I think the audio was a little weird because sometimes it's hard to hear the presenters over the crowd. Uh, So I thought it was mixed a little bit bad, but it's like. I, I don't know who put that together and was like, yeah, this is the right length. Cause it was a long segment and it killed everything because you start at the beginning with the crowd, super hyped. You, 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 you drop the news that PUBG is going into game pass, right? Kind of an, it's, it's a, it's a variety
1: show. I think the, the yeah. idea, the idea behind it is that it's a variety show with interviews, with trailers, with gameplay, you know, the Phil interview was really good. That was no, fast I mean, pace and stuff yeah. like that.
0: Well, like I said, like you start out like more than anything, this was a commercial for Xbox Game Pass. Do do you agree?
1: Yeah, they're pushing Game Pass pretty hard, very, very hard, actually. Very Um, hard,
0: like extremely. They had multiple breaks where they were talking about Game Pass and the new games that were joining. Sixteen brand new ones, split up a course of the whole night. They start out with PUBG and how you can get it now for a single dollar, right? I'm like okay well that's kind of a cool announcement PUBG is about to come to PlayStation uh, next month December 8th if you believe the Amazon uh, listing which I kind of do it's coming next month so okay put it in Game Pass it's it's a good value add right and then after that they went right into um, to Crackdown right yeah. uh, which I think showed off well that Terry Crews trailer was really good like just tell me please. I need to know this. Is Terry <laughs> Cruz the person you play as in the single player? Uh, like am I playing is am I playing as Terry Cruz throughout the entire campaign? Am I going to have a Terry Cruz mm. adventure? A 15-hour Terry Cruz adventure? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say or not. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're not allowed to say but you're uh, not allowed to
1: say, but I will say yes and no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes and no. Okay.
1: You can I really don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Well, you can, if you will, you hold on. Choose... If,
0: if you can't, if you can't say anything, don't get in trouble. Ah,
1: God, I don't know. Basically, there's there's a bunch of agents you can choose from.
0: Yeah, like kind of like the first two crackdowns. That was like you picked like Marilyn Manson character and like yeah, they they had the characters. Yeah, you can I, choose
1: from. I don't know for sure, but I think they hinted that maybe you can play as Terry Crews.
0: Well I will be playing. I think, with I think like Cruise. they
1: I think they didn't want to say for sure. I, I think they want to save that for an announcement of the time, but I feel like they might have been hinting at me. So don't don't take that as definitely. But I feel like there was a hint that maybe you could play as Terry Crews. I don't know. Yeah. I hope so. Because again, I saw they showed us some of the campaign footage and try and uh, in-game cutscene with Terry Crews. And I don't want to spoil it because it's incredible. Terry Crews is amazing. He's a god. He's hilarious. And he's so good in Crackdown 3.
0: Yeah, I will say that much. Yeah, so I actually <laughs> like the re-debut. Terry Crews is awesome. Is. Uh, they showed the the trailer of uh, Wrecking Zone. They brought out Joseph Staten on stage. Mm-hmm. He, he gave a good presentation about it. I thought that went over well. Uh, you know, towards we'll will go over EXO first before we get into your Crackdown Wrecking Zone impressions because that's going to be a big thing. But I it, fully destructible five v five, kind of like kill confirmed. You you kill an, an enemy yeah. agent and you pick up their their dog tag, but everything is destructible, right? Like completely destructible. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's good.
1: Let's move on to talking about Crackdown multiplayer then. So,
0: well, you want to talk about the multiplayer right now? All right, if you want to wait, go. If you want, are we still talking about XO? Or? Yeah, we're talking about XO. We're going to go over everything XO and then we'll go into the Crackdown multiplayer. Okay, stuff. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, I'll talk about Crackdown more depth in a minute, but it's fully destructible, man. It's, All right. I mean, well, yeah,
0: sort of. Well, Michael Johnson's a fan. Shout out for the super chat. He says, The more I see of Crackdown 3, the more hyped I get for the game. It looks a lot. Of- like a ton of fun. This is this is one of the things someone said. I mean, I'll talk about it more in the in the crackdown segment. But this is one of the things someone
1: said to me that crackdown fans will like it. And I'm not a crackdown fan. I've never played crackdown before, so for me, it felt a little dated, even. But like it someone looked, said to me, but you lock you lock on in the old crackdown games.
0: You do in the in, yes, you do. You locked on, which I mean, in a competitive multiplayer game, I. Yeah, lock on aiming. We'll, it's kind of like we'll, ta- eh. we'll,
1: we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um. So, you know, like looking at like everything else here that they that they announced, uh, keyboard and mouse. Let's just go to keyboard and mouse because that was a, uh, big announcement. 14 titles yes. getting uh x uh keyboard and mouse support. Razer keyboard being announced at CES 2019. Oh,
1: that. Uh, Warf- hate that. I hate that. You hate that? That's such a tease! I wanted to right? see that. Cable, I
0: wanted man. to see it too. I wanted to see it too. <laughs> They're talking about like some dynamic lighting where the keyboard lights up, and developers can use that.
1: Yeah, and it's hitting
0: uh, like Warf- Warframe, Warface, Daisy, a bunch of other games. But obviously, the big one was Fortnite because they had a uh, they had like a message there uh, reaffirming and trying to quiet people's fears because there's this there's this fear out there that if you play with keyboard and mouse on Xbox, that Uh, you'll get matched up with controller people, and controller people don't really want to play against keyboard and mouse. But Fortnite made it, and they said in the video that if you play keyboard and mouse on Xbox, you will be just matched up with keyboard and mouse players. So console controller players will still be perfectly fine. Uh, I am a little bit... It it was a little bit weird, though, Jez, that they didn't announce any PC games like Age of Empires, Definitive Edition, or Rise of Nations uh, that were keyboard and mouse only also coming to xbox what do you think about all that i was told actually that that was a mistake really that was
1: an error on the microsoft store so i think there must they must be doing some work on the back end where those games can come to xbox automatically or something and that maybe some of the other xbox people did weren't aware of it but i mean it makes sense right i mean it's 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 almost like dumb to push keyboard and mouse and not have your number one keyboard and mouse game on uwp come to xbox which is age of empires definitive edition you know age of empires is like it's still a huge franchise like the the esports for age two got like twenty thousand viewers on twitch it's like it's like what people still play these games and it's like yeah they've got huge bustling communities for age especially age two on Steam. I think the Age 2 hate there's Age 2 HD Age 1 definitive edition which has been remastered and upgraded, the AI has been upgraded and stuff like that and it's got zoom levels which um obviously 2D Age didn't have. But um and they're doing Age 2 HD definitive edition as well, I believe, and Age 3 definitive edition. And then they're working on Age 4 as well. I'm disappointed we didn't see age four. I thought that would have been a good time to reach out to p c gamers but it was it was interesting as well that Phil noted that they've got a lot of work to do with the Windows store.
0: Yes, that and was what that like, was yeah this is what did. i think yeah I
1: mean, this is what this is what I think they're going to do man. I think they're gonna wait until the wind I, I presume the Windows store is going to get overhauled, probably for um because Microsoft's they're moving away from the way the way Microsoft updates Windows is changing from next year and i think the first update's called 191h or 19h1 which means 2019 half 1 of the year and then they'll do a 19h2 which is like the second half of the year correct me if i'm wrong i i ain't that familiar with windows i'm sure someone knows more than me i don't know anything about windows yeah Yeah, they're they're changing the way they update windows basically so i'm presuming that maybe at e3 during the pc gamer show which phil phil's been on stage there before maybe there they'll explain like we are going to be upgrade maybe they'll leave the windows store the way it is but maybe they'll upgrade the xbox client so it's more pc oriented and they'll be like, um, this is what we're doing for PC, and this is these are the games that are, that we're going to be doing. We'll show Age Four there, and we'll show like maybe some more keyboard and mouse games for Xbox there too. Maybe they'll announce, you know, Gears Tactics and Age Four for Xbox as well there. But I, again, it's it's like kind of optics. They they don't want to get into a situation like they had with Halo Wars Two. Where all the PC gamers just dismiss it because they think it's a console port, and it pretty much was. You know, it, it, Halo Wars Two, fun game, but it didn't have the RTS complexity that PC gamers really want. It's it's just too simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'm, I was just a little bit surprised, and no announcement of Sunset Overdrive coming to PC when we know it is. It's in the Steam database. Uh, the achievements are out for Windows 10. Like,
1: yeah, they definitely, definitely come in
0: i don't yeah. know it's weird they didn't
1: announce it there but maybe maybe they're putting more effort into the game awards this year because they they did hint heavily that that is that true they did below at the game awards maybe they're going to try and maybe they're thinking like okay so xbox fans watching XO, and maybe they're thinking there'll be a lot of playstation nintendo fans watching the game awards so maybe that's where we can we can get them with some of these announcements
0: yeah, maybe they just also didn't want to be like, oh, here's a game leaving Xbox to go to PC. They didn't want to have that in XO. But yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, they are already talking about game the Game Awards as you know. Chris Charlie came on stage to talk about ID eat Xbox and said they're bringing back Winter of Arcade because uh, they yeah, have a lot I of games watching in December. You're, you're so that's, of that? yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. And I would imagine that's when Below and Ashen are going to launch sometime in December as part of Winter of Arcade, right? Yeah. I, Ashen, like they they are adamant that Ashen's coming out in 2018.
1: So, you know, it's just a matter it's just a matter of when, not if, at this point. Yeah.
0: So, Ern Ermy in chat says he wanted OG Xbox news, and there was none. Jez, we got an announcement that Civ Revolution is getting X enhanced, right? And that Final Fantasy. Played that? I played Civ Rev, love it. I played on the 360. Well, uh, how does
1: it? Off topic slightly, but how does Civ Revolution
0: work? Exactly, oh God, it's been a long time since I played it. is, <laughs> it, been... is it
1: like is it like the normal save strategy game
0: mm, it's strategy, but I think it's a little bit dialed back for console you know I, I yeah. still thought it was a lot of fun, but so they announced that for X enhanced, which I thought they'd announce a lot more to be to be frank with you and then they also announced uh Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy so thirteen thirteen two and lightning returns coming to back and Pat with enhancements but no talk of any OG Xbox back-compat, which I think we both agreed was something that was probably going to happen. I was surprised they didn't uh, have any announcements towards that.
1: Yeah, I was surprised too. Um, I guess the licensing stuff, again, is super complicated there. I mean, that's that's always been the thing, right? The, the, the licensing for those old games is really hard. I thought like stuff like... Um, Odd World, Stranger's Wrath, and Odd World um, Munchie's Odyssey. I, I would have thought those would have been a given because they've aren't they putting that on Switch or something? I'm mm. sure I saw some news about those games recently, and I was I was proper thinking like if they're revisiting them, or mobile or something. I can't remember, but I was thinking like at least we'd see that those old Odd World games uh, jump along to Xbox, but apparently not.
0: Yeah. And um, like I mentioned before, this was a gigantic episode for a Game Pass, uh, getting 16 games. Uh, November, you'll get The Thieves, which is thi- Thief of Thieves, not Thief to be confused Thieves. with Sea of Thieves. It's available right now. PUBG joins on November 12th. Aiden's of Mayhem, which is a Saints Row game from the makers of Saints Row. Uh, MXGP3, which is a motocross game. And Thomas Was Alone, which is a really cool indie game. They join on November 22nd. And December sees the addition of Mutant Year Zero. Didn't you? Didn't you? Oh my god! Like I'm look, so like love that. Like that game looks like XCOM. Dude, uh, I play cool. I
1: played Mutant Year Zero a lot because I'm in the I'm in the preview beta, and I played it at Gamescom 2. It's if you like XCOM, you're gonna love Mutant Year Zero. It's 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 weird and funny. It's like it's like a post. I mean, the point of the game. I don't know if you've seen it. But you play as a team of three mutants. One is a duck with wings, and the other is a like a wild boar with a gun. It's it's a weird game, man. But the point the point of the game is you you're trying to figure out what the hell you are. <laughs> you don't you don't know why you're a duck. You don't know. You're trying to figure that out. So, like, that's that's part of the game. And, like, you travel around, it's got RPG elements, exploring, finding, like, text files and rummaging through buildings and getting loot and all that sort of stuff. It's super fun. And I was amazed that it's come to Game Pass because, you know, I th- thought it probably you – just, you just assume when a game launches into Game Pass that they don't have a lot of faith in it doing so well. So they just took the lump sum or whatever. But I would have thought Mutant Year well, Zero could stand on its own two feet. But.
0: So that's one of the reasons why I love Game Pass a lot is because of games launching day one into the service alongside their regular retail release. I think that adds a lot of value. And I know Microsoft does it with their own first-party games, you know, Forza, State of Decay,
1: Gears and all that win. stuff.
0: That is a big win for Game Pass because it's going to yeah. be a really good game. Well, it's not. That's so it's really not the real. only one. So, But in December, you got Mutant Year Zero joining on the fourth. Hellblade joining on the 17th, which is... I hope everybody plays that game or in the blind forest joining on the 20th and then like everything else is, you know, beyond, but they're coming. Whenever these games do come out, they'll be launching game pass. So you got kingdom, two crowns after charge, uh, secret neighbor pathologic to the good life, which is a game from sweary void bastards, which they had a kind of dedicated segment to, at the beginning Roy of the show looked pretty good I, yeah when
1: i saw that in the press release i kind of rolled my eyes but it actually looked
0: pretty good supermarket shriek and orion the will of the wisps which i saw some people confused about that well the thing was orion the will of the wisps was never announced for game pass because the game was uh in production and the deal was made before game pass was a thing so obviously they had to renegotiate but that will be hitting game pass day one when that comes out whenever and interestingly enough, you know, Crackdown 3 is part of Game Pass, February 15th. That's what they announced, right? No longer delayed, no longer canceled, like a lot of people thought. <laughs> but you can actually preload it right now if you own Game Pass. You can just click on the button that downloads it. Uh, this is the first time it's been like that for Game Pass because they're always that kind of disconnect where you had to wait for the game to go up and then you spend all night or whatever downloading like Forza Horizon 4. Now it looks like they have it where you can actually preload the game. And then eventually it unlocks, and you can just play it right away, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, What else we got here? Uh, Well, Sea of Thieves, Jez, getting a new mode. Uh, Arena mode.
1: You know know what I thought as soon as I announced that? Elite Dangerous tried this. Elite Dangerous literally tried a separate PvP mode. All it did was split the player base, and then... Nobody played the PvP mode, and then they deleted it. So, I ain't optimistic. I mean, maybe they'll make it fun, maybe they'll have more
0: to it, but... Well, it's definitely a different different thing you enter into, right? It's definitely... Uh, it's not like... It, it's you either mode. choose... Yeah, you choose to play regular, or you choose this, like, arena mode where you hunt for treasure, but there's people, like, hunting you, or whatever it is, right? And I do wonder if Sea of Thieves' user base is enough to kind of uh overcome that fracture right mm. where people are going to be cho- before it was like everybody's into this one mode now you're going to have people choosing another mode and sure. to be quite frank with you jazz can i just speak real r- real talk between me and you like like nobody no like there's not 528 people listening right now right <laughs> can i just be, can i just be real okay be real man All i right. can take it so here's the thing i'm interested in the mode however the gunplay sucks in that game. The actual yeah. combat with the with the swords and pistols suck. Okay, it's not fun. The ship to ship combat, sure, love it, but like it's like ha- half of that's like okay. So you have you have good combat on the ship and terrible hand to hand combat. So I, I'm kind of of two minds on this. I'm like I, I don't know, man. Like I was watching that trailer and they're like. You know, like attacking each other with their guns and swords. I'm like, but the combat sucks in Sea of Thieves. Uh, I don't know. Maybe should have kept it to just the, uh, you know, the ship to ship stuff. But yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, I. Yeah, I was. You know, we've talked about this before. I was so hyped for Sea of Thieves, man. Yes, you were. So you were. You were incredibly hyped. I was. I was overhyped. I've learned a lot. Did you notice? I was. I was very measured in my coverage of Crackdown.
0: You were very measured. You didn't call it the PUBG of you know whatever year, <laughs> which will stick with you forever. Uh, the PUBG. I mean, so we'll see how that comes there's out. Still, there's still there's
1: still time. What if what if this PVP mode for Sea of Thieves is so good that it does become the PUBG of 2019?
0: Uh, you mean like a game that's slowly on the decline because other games like it are doing better? Better than Sea of Thieves. Like what? What's like Sea of Thieves? Well, that is true. There is really no game like Sea of Thieves. Well, there is that Skull and Bone games from Ubisoft that's coming out this year mm, or next year.
1: That's not like Sea of Thieves. That's like pure ship to ship combat, I believe. Yeah, I
0: don't so, think you can even
1: get a, get off the ship in that.
0: So that was that. That was a segment there. You know, I, I, you, you either know by now if you love Sea of Thieves or not. But also, State of the K two, which you've always talked about, is like one of your front runners for Game of the Year. They're getting a free DLC update on November sixteenth with more stuff coming on twenty nineteen, some like Z Hunter upgrade uh, update with free weapons. Yeah, they're and adding stuff.
1: they're adding silenced guns, which is something I never re- I just never realized that there aren't any silenced we- silenced um like ranged weapons in that game. And I suppose like because sound is such an integral part of the sneaking around in that game, that um the the idea is that you use melee weapons to fight up close because they make less sound so if you're using a crossbow or if you're using like a silenced rifle or something then it kind of undermines it a bit and there are some silenced weapons in the game i think but um they're not sort of they're not super common because the idea is that you use melee weapons if you want to be quiet but it's cool to see like there was like a variety of crossbows that are into the game and i'm kind of glad that they're sticking with it because did you notice they announced the engagement figures for they sea of, did. for State of Decay, but not Sea of Thieves?
0: I did notice that. Uh, sea of Thieves, I think, what was the last announcement for Sea of Thieves? Was it 4 million players or 5 million? I'm not sure, right? But that was that yeah, was a it was while crazy. ago. Sea of, so State of Decay announced 4, and they said 4 million active players. Now, the cynic in me wants to know, what is deemed active? What is an active player, right? Is it someone who's played in the last 30 days? Is it someone who's played it this year? Like I, I would I would really love to know what Microsoft yeah. classifies as an active player.
1: I mean, sure everyone sort of they they can twist those numbers in in a number of ways. But the I, this is the way I usually gauge whether because obviously we're always evaluating what games are worth ongoing coverage of Windows Central, right? Oh, because it does. Um,
0: Wonder Wonderfist, as Matt Booty said, five million for Sea of Thieves at the end of the show. Ah, oh, right, okay. So yeah. Right. Go ahead.
1: Well, that's, that's still that's still pretty good figures, um, but again, they can manipulate they can manipulate those figures based on um, a number of factors, you know. But the way when I'm gauging what games to, to cover in depth on Windows Central, because obviously you don't cover a game forever because people move on, the audience moves on, and then we move on to whatever they're moving on to. So, like, one of the ways that I gauge how well a game is doing is a by how much search traffic a game's getting, and how much um how active the subreddits are for the games, because that's where people generally go to go to discuss the games, right? The State of Decay and the Sea of Thieves subreddits are still like super active, you know. They they definitely have their core fan bases. I haven't played State of Decay for a while because I just sort of maxed out. I just sort of maxed it out, and I didn't really like the DLC they added that horde mode thing. And also, like, the people I play co-op with generally live on the other side of the world, so the lack of dedicated servers makes it really hard to play in co-op over that sort of distance. But the fact that it still has an active player base, and the fact that they're going to add more free DLC to it, not paid DLC, that kind of says to me that they, they see it as driving value in Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they also they heavily hinted that they're gonna add sort of like a hard mode for the game because that's that's one of the main criticisms I see on Reddit now, is that the game's too damn easy. Eventually you, you get to a point in state of decay where your weapons are so good that it it becomes trivial, you know. You learn you learn the patterns of the zombies off by heart, you learn you learn the way to take down a juggernaut without even thinking about it, just because you know the way you know off by heart the way they move and stuff like that. So like the next thing for that game is to add like a hard mode to make it so like stealth is way more important and like you have to be super careful and stuff like that. And I think they they did that with the original state of decay. The they eventually added like much harder difficulty modes and stuff like that, so I'm
0: yeah. glad
1: they're sticking with it, man. I'm really glad.
0: Well yeah, and they're probably going to do State of Decay 3 for oh, next for sure. gen for sure, but uh just want to say thank you guys for watching. I see we have 526 people watching live. Appreciate it. You guys do rock. us a favor. And hit that like button. I see only Smash 129. It. It's it's super it. easy. Just go over there, click the button, click the dislike if you're not liking the show as well. Uh, let's see so if we can get to. the show up to like I don't know 300 <laughs> likes before it's over. Just uh, yeah, do us that little small favor. We appreciate it. And we're gonna be moving on to let's see what else happened at the show. Forza Horizon 4 got its first. Expansion. Oh, the DLC, yeah, right. What um, do you think?
1: So I here's the thing. Guy,
0: so this is your segment. Beautiful. I'm always honest about what my opinion is, right? I love Forza Horizon 4. Uh, I've always enjoyed their expansions. I thought the way they presented that wasn't the best. I didn't think the trailer was very good. With that said, however, I still can't wait to check it out. Uh, extreme terrain. They showed like the winding curves on the side of a cliff, along with like lightning yeah. striking the tree. However, like part of me is like, man, I really wanted something more outside the box, like Hot Wheels. like hot You know wheels. what I mean? Yeah. So they always tend to do that weather stuff. They did Storm Island with Forza Horizon 2, which had the really strong winds. And then Forza Horizon 3, they had Blizzard Mountain, which obviously was the snow and stuff like that. So kind of expected that, oh, now we have uh, extreme weather. So I'm That's assuming true. like trooper strong winds, lightning, you know, snow, and all this different stuff. It was kind of an underwhelming trailer. Maybe they didn't have enough to put it together yet, but you know I'll still check it out when it drops. I think it said on December thirteenth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's what else? Pretty quick, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, I mean they said December, but that's usually how these things go. They always get these expansions out pretty fast. Playground is a great studio, which is why I'm excited for whatever they're working on, uh, which we know to be Fable at their second studio. I have a lot of faith in Playground. So yeah, I'm excited for whenever they, whenever Microsoft deems it worthy to announce Fable. Like it's the, like the worst kept secret in the video game industry, you know. And they still <laughs> just won't even tease it whatsoever. Like, what are you waiting for? I know the game's probably not coming out the 2020, 2021, or whatever, 2022. But it's like you want to get people I'm excited. Curious, you know, I'm curious.
1: I'm curious. Like, what? What if? All the leaks made them not want it to be Fable, because now everyone's got this expectation of what it's going to be like. What if they're just thinking, like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't brand it Fable. Maybe it should be something new.
0: So, so they branded something else, and then give Fable to uh, Obsidian in a collab with In Exile to make the make Fable RPG. Or just let Fable lie. Just don't bring it back, huh? Maybe. I don't know, but uh, Jazz Minecraft, we got to talk about this because oh my. <laughs> <sighs> oh, dude, so boring. So I boring. Like, I like pandas and cats. Cats man. and pandas. Cats and pandas. But what have you got against pandas, man? That's dude, fluffy. it was it was it was cringy. Whatever. Minecraft's not for me. Minecraft's not for you. Minecraft's not for anybody watching dude, this Minecraft show. Dude, Minecraft is for me.
1: Screw you, man. That's,
0: that's Either way, funny. I thought the big announcement <laughs> from this Minecraft thing was 91 million players a month. It's insane. That like, is ridiculous. I don't know,
1: I don't know what they've done to increase engagement, but somehow Minecraft's like had some sort of big resurgence the last year. I think that then they announced like 86 million at the start of the year or some something in that sort of region. And it sort of just keeps growing. Um, and I know it's, dri- it's driven by mobile, right? And Nintendo Switch to um, Xbox.
0: I'm, it's literally everywhere. It's so ubiquitous. And Nintendo,
1: it's the best selling game on Switch, I think. Is it really? I think i read that somewhere. Maybe I'm imagining it. I don't know. But I think it's it's definitely up there. Yeah, well, obviously. It's one of the only games on Switch. Oh, we should talk about my Switch impressions as well later. Because I've got oh, one. Yeah.
0: We'll, we'll talk about that. But, Jez, 91 million. That's more people that play on Xbox Live a month. That's more people that play on PlayStation in a month. And I think people that's more... don't
1: realize how big Minecraft is. As
0: a and business. I want to say, although I'm not 100% sure... But I think last time Steam announced monthly active users, it wasn't 91 million. So Minecraft, thing. Minecraft might literally be bigger than those other net, like those games. More, it's it's kind of insane to think about. And yeah, it's the it,
1: second biggest game of all time now. It's
0: second yeah. only to Tetris. Well, Tetris, Tetris VR. Do you see that Tetris uh, effect game for the PSVR? No, I didn't. Oh yeah, they released a Tetris game and it looks really cool. But yeah. Minecraft's absolutely insane, but the thing is, it appeals to I, I believe a demographic that doesn't watch inside Xbox whatsoever. Like the people playing Minecraft are young kids and stuff; they're not watching inside Xbox. You'd be, dude, you'd
1: be surprised, man. I mean, I I still jump on Minecraft every now and then. I've got a server, by the way. If anyone watching this wants to join our, our Minecraft server, uh, hit me up on Twitter; we'll get you in. But um, sometimes Minecraft's just fun to jump on and build stuff and. You know, do a bit of dungeon crawling and stuff like that. It's it's just one of those games that like, and also now it has the modding platform. That was the big news, and this this is why they they talked about it at XO, is because they've brought genuine mods, like real mods, to the Bedrock Edition. So like, developers can use um, the j- JavaScript language to make proper mods for Minecraft now. And obviously, little kids aren't making the mods. It's, you know, hard, the hardcore sort of crowd making those mods. So, um, did you see the cars? The, the cars they added I to did. the mods? I did, yeah. yeah. And that, that's another reason why Minecraft just keeps going and going and going. is because, like, when you get bored with it, you can change it. I, I think on, on our server for a bit, I had, like, a Jurassic Park mod, which added dinosaurs to the map. And the, the, and the, the dinosaurs had, like, unique AI... They'd run around eating other animals and, you know, they had the sound effects from Jurassic Park in it as well. Yeah, and I was just like, someone made this. Like, Microsoft did not make this. Some fan made this. And it's, it's such high quality. Uh, you know, you can just keep Minecraft going forever with mods. And, um, and now Microsoft are going to get a cut of that money because they'll sell mods, proper mods, through their own store, which is going to be insane money. So that, that game's not going away for a long time.
0: Yeah. They also had some third party games there. Uh Devil May Cry five, which, you know, they had an in depth right. look at it. Battlefield five showed a trailer which looked really good. Just Cause Four, uh, they had an interview with it. And I gotta say, like I like I haven't really been interested in Just Cause Four, but that like showcase kind of got me a little bit interested in it. I I, I don't know if I'm gonna get it, but I was like, now I'm like, okay, I'm kind of interested in it. And they had a little look at Shadow of the Tomb Raider DLC uh, with like co-op and stuff, which uh, is you. pretty cool. So they also brought back Crazy Larry to let everybody know that hey, Xbox yeah, One boy. X is going to be three ninety <laughs> nine, <$3. laughs> boy, right? Uh, all their all their sales. Uh, so, what do you think
1: of Crazy Larry?
0: I mean, it fits with <laughs> you know Major's persona, I guess. I mean, he's been doing it for years, though. He's like that in real life. L- L245 says, Rand takes a massive L for hyping this up. Now, I would agree with what? you. I, I did take an... Uh, look, I my did initial... Well, okay, my initial prediction video was a little bit on the hype side, right? Uh, I'll take that L. Hey, it's a prediction video for a reason. It's not, it's not like a fact video. It's just like, here's what I think. But if you listen to the show, which... I'm not sure you really do because you would know as well as most of the people here in chat that me and jazz literally talked about this two weeks ago where we said, don't expect much. And I walked back to all my predictions. Uh, So yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'll take the L for my, uh, you know, fable, not showing up and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, I was wrong, but it's a prediction. But uh, I did say that don't get, you know, don't, Whatever you know what I mean? Like it's not like I I didn't roll back on all that. Uh, I, I I hate doing predictions
1: because it's like they're predictions. How how can you possibly know for sure? And like yeah. as long as long as you tag it with like, yeah, these are the rumors. Don't you know,
0: I did? Don't. I sure's is... and I did a video literally like three days ago that was like, here's everything we know and rumors and leaks and. I liked I liked one you know? of my
1: predictions. I predicted that. If they talk about xCloud only if they talked about Scarlet. Or they talk about Scarlet only if they talk about xCloud. And they didn't. So yeah. I was wrong right on that one.
0: OBJ says you led the people astray, Rand. It's my fault. Ugh. I led the flock <laughs> astray. Damn it. I got people excited. I- I- I'll take it. You okay? ruined Xbox, Rand. I-, I ruined it for everybody. You i ruined I'm-, I'm an ass. I'm sorry. Can I, I beg your guys' forgiveness. Please. Please don't be upset. I'll take the L for hyping this up when my prediction video. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to lead the Xbox community astray, even though some people turn on me. I, I put out a video yesterday and I was like, the show's boring. And we should see some of the comments and that like to dislike ratio. Cool. And it wasn't like I said the show was trash, even though my boy OBJ would say it's trash, right? I just said, hey, I was bored. There's some cool stuff here. If the show was an hour long. It would have been great. Uh, I kind of wish Microsoft showed more things. I'm still really excited for the future. You, we're going to talk annoyed, about
1: you're more annoyed about the format. I'm hours, really annoyed with the format. Life.
0: Yes, two, two hours, hours of your is life still life long. to
1: find out the the big meat. I think that's that's ultimately the, the biggest problem is that it took them two hours to get to the bit the hardcore fans were really interested in, which was um, obviously the and stuff.
0: Which, and I, I've said, I'm still, and I have a video coming out soon. I'm still super excited about the future of Xbox, more so now than ever like they literally added That's
1: seven so new studios days.
0: this year seven and while I, I have question marks on a couple of them like compulsion games still not convinced they can make anything good Ooh, in exile compulsion actually right in exile not really don't really care about what they've made don't re- like they need You're to prove a- i don't they need to prove themselves to me while they the don't. other ones i'm like wasteland 2 is the best the best game all i'm players. saying is like i'm not a person that's like we got in exile i'm such a huge fan now even though 10 minutes ago i never knew what games they made you know <laughs> what i'm saying uh that's fair so yeah so they announced the big news which they save for the end of the show and i said it in the video jokingly and some people were like you're so mean i was like they were like holding the studio acquisitions announcement as as like hostage like we're gonna announce it at the end of the show, so sit through this two-hour ad for Game Pass until we get to the big thing. And the big thing was In Exile, which you fanboyed over, right? And Dude, you can explain why so, here in a minute. So and absolutely. Obsidian, so tell us about In Exile, Jez, because quite frankly, I'm not gonna like talk about them because uh, I don't know anything. So it's like I don't have a okay, basis well. of knowledge. So you tell the people why they should be excited about In Exile, and I'll sit there and be like, you're wrong, Jez. But okay, go go ahead. It's interesting right because In exile and Obsidian
1: share a common ancestry. They they're both sort of founded and made up of people who worked for companies like Bioware, Black Isle Studios and stuff like that. A lot of these classic RPGs like Baldur's Gate and um Icewind Dale and Neverwinter Nights and you know stuff like that, they're all they all come from this sort of similar place. And it's it's these studios in Exile Entertainment and Obsidian that sort of were born from the ashes of Interplay and they were born from the ashes of Black Isle and you could arguably say by like old school Bioware as well, in a way. So Obsidian are known for um, making sort of overly ambitious RPGs that didn't really have the budget to live up to what they were trying to do. Um, you know, Knights of the Old Republic 2, which is regarded as a classic, but of people often feel like it wasn't as good as the first one. They made Fallout New Vegas, which was a better RPG than Fallout 3, but my God, when it launched, it was a train crash of bugs, errors, falling through the floor, crashing on the Xbox 360. I don't. Did they even release it on PS3? Because it was so buggy. I what don't game? even know. Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, I really... I but it was they didn't so. release the DLC right they just mm. released the base game i don't know but okay yeah. but uh, well, i'm not sure but basically it was buggy and broken and um but it was but it had this amazing rpg tradition where your decisions actually mattered in fallout new vegas which and now fallout fans often look back at fallout new vegas as the best of the modern games now as for in exile um brian fargo who founded and leads in Exile, he produced Fallout 1 and 2, which are sort of classic isometric turn-based RPGs, and they were the successors to the original Wasteland, which was on MS-DOS, which was also sort of like this sort of classic apocalyptic RPG where your decisions affected the outcome of the game. And um, when Brian Fargo left Interplay, and a bunch of stuff happened, and he eventually made in Exile Entertainment, and he acquired the Wasteland franchise and the Bard's Tale franchise from whoever had those licenses. Um, I'm guessing Interplay, because Interplay, Interplay had a fire sale of all their IP because they were going bankrupt, and um, he got Wasteland 2 back. I, I might be incorrect on some of these finer details, but that's basically essentially what happened. And then they made Wasteland 2, which is uh, sort of like... It's it's the real Fallout 3. So Fallout 3 is a 3D shooter, but really Fallout was always meant to be this sort of isometric CRPG, where like you know your decisions mattered. It had turn-based tactical gameplay, you know, it was like full of exploration and stuff like that. And Fallout 3 had that tradition to a degree, but it was never meant to be a shooter. And sure, the fact that it went first-person shooter brought it to like a massive audience and turned it into this dominating IP. But it was always Brian Fargo's team that got it to that level with Fallout One and Two, and sort of captured that Mad Max sort of mindset in a game. And that's why I'm so excited because he's bringing that sort of Fallout post-apocalyptic franchise in Wasteland to Microsoft. With Microsoft's budget, and if you watch the first trailer for Wasteland Three, it looks like such a huge step up from Wasteland Two, which I love, But you know, it was rough around the edges. It was a really rough game, buggy, laggy, built on Unity engine, which isn't great. And um, you know, and it was backed by Kickstarter. Right. So now yeah. they don't have to worry about they don't have to worry about struggling for funds. They don't have to worry about marketing their games and stuff like that. Everyone in Excel now, and Obsidian, they don't have to worry about all that stuff. Like, where's the funding going to come from to pay the, the rent next month? They don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. They can just focus 100% on making products. And I think now that Obsidian has that freedom, and now that InXL has that freedom as well, the quality issues that their RPGs have had should hopefully go away, and we'll just get quality products from them. You know? well, That's yeah, my so- hope.
0: So like they, they already said like uh you know uh, their backers will be fulfilled. So whatever platform, uh so like Wasteland three and Bart, whatever else are becoming a PlayStation if that's where you bought it. The rest is still to be determined. I'm assuming whatever they make afterwards will be, you know, Xbox and you know, uh PC. But I'm I'm excited in Exile, I'm I they we'll see what they make and if it would excite me. Wasteland three i no i'm not excited about that one bit i ain't gonna lie like i'm not gonna pretend to be excited for something i have no interest in just because um, it's on xbox do you not, like XCOM? not really no
1: well you know it's, it's not for everyone turn by strategy is not for no everyone. no
0: it is it isn't but i'm i'm excited about obsidian because i've played a lot of obsidian's games i love south park i love kotar 2 uh, I actually really enjoyed Alpha Protocol. I played a little bit of Pillars of Eternity. Well, that's that's uh, the
1: thing I was wondering. Do they own the Alpha Protocol IP now, or is that still Sega?
0: I don't know. I mean, they did show it during stream, so it's interesting to see who does own that. I can't imagine they would... because that, would... the,
1: that was the problem in the Alpha Protocol, really, was like the execution, the budget, and sort of, Sega isn't the most forgiving publisher. Like, modern microsoft would probably have delayed alpha protocol to get the budget to get the quality
0: up right sega back in the day and even now wouldn't have done that yeah so i'm excited for what obsidian is going to make i'm excited for what ninja theory is doing what playground games is doing what uh the initiative is working on I, i like i said i still have some question marks i i compulsion games with you know what you says you have some news, so do you have some
1: yeah I've heard um from a friend of mine called Rodney that um one of Microsoft's uh business consultants has joined compulsion or something, so like and they specialize in expansion and and talent acquisition and stuff like that, so it looks like compulsion has. A plan to expand, basically.
0: Well, yeah. So that's the other thing. Like I said before, I'm I'm still super excited about the future of Xbox, more so than I've been before. Because the big question mark, the big thing that I complained about, that I sent emails to people at Xbox about, was their lack of first party. It's a It's a thing that bothered me even back w- during the 360 era. And I wanted to see Microsoft address that. And they did, right? So... I, you know, I'm a patient person. Like, I know these games are all for next generation. I know Microsoft is eyeing next-gen huge, right? And I'm not telling anybody to wait to, for anything. I mean, I do have my PlayStation sitting next to me and a Switch. I can play whatever I want, whenever I want. You know, I'm not just shackled to the Xbox. Well, you've uh, got those YouTube millions, that's why. Yeah, yeah, my, my YouTube millions. I'm just <laughs> saying, I, I I like, they added 600 developers, they bought seven new studios, which is more than they've had. Like, I'm really excited to see what they do. And this one guy in chat is still trying to say, I said they would buy Sega, which I never did. I don't know why I keep on saying that. Uh, that's,
1: that's like an in-joke at Microsoft now.
0: Yeah, I got a, I got a gaming PC if I want to play. So either way, I'm excited. Jez is excited. Uh, studio acquisitions are always good. Microsoft still looking for new studios. I mean, I, I don't know. Turtle Rock and all that stuff might happen eventually down the road. Um. But Jez, I wanted to uh, get into the crackdown stuff. All right, you know what? Before we do that, really quick, if you were to grade this show, what would you grade it? I give it a seven. Seven Men out of in the back ten. Back
1: of an Exile and Obsidian. Um, that's what. That's one of the main things people criticized Xbox about as well. That they didn't have strong RPG, a strong RPG tradition. So they've answered that now.
0: Yeah, I just, I just. I, I want to see the new games. I want to see what they're working on. But if I had to rate this show, it was the best inside Xbox episode ever. However, that is a very low bar as I'm not a fan of the format. I'm not a fan of the length. It leads for boring segments, which was the show was. It was quite boring. I'd give it a C, which is exactly what I gave PSX 2017. Uh, a C, you know, so. I'd
1: give like, it a B minus.
0: It could have it been, been a lot better. Uh, if they just shortened it up a little bit. But Crackdown, Jez, I want to hear about this. I read your article. Uh, You're one of the few people outside of the people in Mexico right now playing it. Wrecking Zone, fully destructible multiplayer, 60 frames per second, native 4K. Tell me about it, Jez. Please, let's hear your impressions. Okay, so last week I was at Microsoft headquarters to play
1: um, crackdown, Wrecking Zone, specifically. We did get to see a bit of the campaign as well, but I, I I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that or not. I'll get that checked, and if I can, then I'll talk about it next week. But, um yeah, so I played the multiplayer for about, about an hour. I played several games. I destroyed everyone at the game. No offense to anyone I was playing with, but you all suck. And, um... <laughs> but, uh, it was, uh... It was fun, man. It was fun. But I'm not super hyped about it. And I'll tell you why. You're not super um, hyped. No, I'm not super hyped about it. Um, the cloud destruction tech was amazing. It was as good as it was when we saw it in 2015, I want to say. We saw it at Gamescom. Microsoft showed it behind closed doors, running on closed network conditions. And um they showed us like the they had like a, a console overlay showing the servers lighting up every time someone um every time uh the, they had to call up a new server to to keep the physics engine running and stuff like that. We saw all that stuff at um Gamescom and it you know, it worked, but it was closed network conditions. This was running on Xbox Live itself, on Thunderhead, and um it it worked, you know. It worked flawlessly. There was no lag. There was no, you know, hit, you know hitching or anything like you'd expect from this kind of, like, technical achievement. It just felt like a multiplayer, your average multiplayer game with insane cloud destruction. The explosions were really well done. It felt like, obviously, a lot of work had to be done getting the explosions to look and feel right. They sounded great and all that sort of stuff. Um... The my issue with Crackdown was the actual game on top of all this destruction. I kind of feel like they haven't had enough time to put a game on top of the destruction. And um, for background, I've heard I was I was told like ninety percent of the dev time for Crackdown Three has gone towards making the the cloud destruction a viable consumer product um some of and the amount of complexity involved cannot be understated it's like um things like it's tied to the rollout of azure across all the different regions it's tied to um the fact that cloud gin left uh, the development process and went to epic games code had to be rewritten because of this and uh, all this sort of stuff contributed to a scenario where ruffian who are making the game part of crackdowns multiplayer they just haven't had much time to play i feel like they haven't had much time to play with actually making a quality multiplayer experience on top of it now that being said they did emphasize very heavily to me that it was a work in progress and that they're still gathering feedback on it and there are some like in- there are some internal beta test tests going on for the game um with uh focus groups and that sort of thing. And I think like part of the reason we were there was just to offer like some genuine real world feedback and stuff like that. So like it's still a work in progress, but the the fact that the, the, the reason I'm worried about the depth Randy, is because it is a lock on game. You lock yeah. on with the left trigger, you snap to lock on to anything that you're aiming at in the sort of general direction. And then you are locked onto that person. Um, they the idea is that they have to break the lock by punching through buildings you know line of sighting blowing you know if if you've got people aiming at you you can blow a hole in a building to hide and make your own cover and that's that's where the sort of tactics come in but it just didn't feel that deep to me I, i got into i got into a flow very very quickly of how to play the game and i just sort of like i just found myself doing the same things in every situation Whenever anyone was attacking me, I just used my defensive ability. You've got like a defensive ability on one of your shoulder buttons. I had like an overshield thing and I just pressed that every time someone was attacking me. Um, and then when you kill enough players, you get like an overcharge mode, which increases your damage and stuff like that. So I just popped that on cooldown. And it just sort of like, it just felt formulaic to me. Like there wasn't much dynamism in the combat. And I just felt like it was a great experience, but it's not something I would, you know, for example, I wouldn't it wouldn't pull me away from Battlefield It wouldn't pull me away from Overwatch or even Call of Duty. So
0: you're you're saying like the actual the actual mode, uh, despite the the impressive uh, tech, the destruction, right, Uh, is a shallow experience. Is what yeah. is, is kind of what you're saying? Like it's it's cool to get in there, play a few games, see the destruction tech that it actually works. Uh, and, you know, Cake Batter he in chat he wants to know if it's if it's significantly better than Red Faction. Which, when watching that trailer, I did think, hey, this kind of looks like Red Faction's multiplayer from last generation. Um, um, it is. I played Red Faction Guerrilla
1: a lot, and I love that game. Actually, it is better than Red Faction in the sense that um the chunks the, the you know the, the maps are just way more vertical than red faction and i know like red faction multiplayer did have like they had like some towers in them and stuff and you could knock them down and stuff like that um but the seriously these are skyscrapers they're so so much bigger than what you get in red faction and not only that but the debris is persistent you know, it doesn't it doesn't just vanish. Like the um, the way red faction work was, there was like a an, there was an allocation of of RAM dedicated to the particles and stuff like that. When that RAM was full, the particles just vanished. It's not like that in in Crackdown. The particles stay there. The huge chunks of buildings they stay there. They create cover. They change the what the map dynamically because they, they persist throughout the whole game.
0: Oh, okay, so so you can confirm that, because I saw people talking about that. Uh, people were saying, like, oh, in the original demo, the, the, the rubble stayed on the ground, but it didn't seem tiny, like any...
1: Tiny particles disappear. Like, if, you, if you're talking like a house brick or a piece of glass, those disappear, but, like, huge segments of, like, building, they don't disappear. Like, I am... Um, there are pitfalls in the game, right? And, um... I destroyed. I destroyed part of a building, and uh, this huge sort of gangway fell down and crushed the whole building underneath it. And that that like crushed gangway blocked the pitfall for for the rest of the match. So it's not like it's not like stuff. It's not like um, every piece of glass doesn't remain, but
0: you know um, the the larger chunks definitely do remain. So your big takeaway from it was. The cloud is real. Destruction yeah. is real. It looks it looks good. How does it run? It, you said it runs at 60 frames. Does the frame rate hold up? Or this,
1: this is the bit I'm confused about, right? Because I, I was playing it on an Xbox One dev kit and it was running at 60 frames, 4K. Um, but it seemed to use dynamic resolution scaling. As when I look when I look back at my footage, you can see the resolution dropping down when I'm moving and stuff like that. Um you don't notice it while you're playing, obviously, because you're moving, but it does, it does look like it uses dynamic resolution scanning. I can't measure it because I'm not just a foundry, but uh, that's just my gut feeling. It was definitely 60 frames, but the fact that people were surprised about it makes me want to get that fully confirmed. But yeah, I'm like 95 percent sure it's going to be 60 frames on the Xbox one X and the S. so there's that. The, re- the reason for that round is because the whole the whole game, the whole game experience runs in the cloud like all the physics that is completely offloaded to azure so they can they can just use the the cpu they've saved they can use that entirely for like the the simple local rendering stuff now
0: how now how big is the levels because you know people will say like oh they promised the 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 entire city when you know back in 2015 which i'm not sure they ever did but so how, so it's 5v5. So how big is the chunk of playground that you're actually going through in this? Well, there's three maps at launch and I played on two
1: of them. One of them is like a sort of, it's an asteroid mining facility. So there's like huge asteroid in the middle of the map. And there's like all this machinery and factories all the way around. It was massive, man. I didn't get I didn't get a sense of like, oh, this map isn't big enough. It just felt like this is big enough and vertical enough for 5v5. It felt huge, but I feel like anything bigger you would have been struggling for people to find a kill maybe. If they felt well tuned, I felt they were huge enough and also remember they're really vertical. You can go inside the buildings and you're actually encouraged to go inside the buildings because some of the buildings have explosives you can pick up and throw around and they have like um see there's hidden power-ups too that you can get in some of the buildings so you know it's interior exterior huge there's like i don't know dozens of skyscrapers
0: in each in each segment
1: and there are these jump pads which propel you
0: across the map yeah the I've, I've seen some of that and like uh, i think you posted a video of like yeah. getting it, the verticality is pretty huge in that you could jump you're, you're an agent oh, yeah. you're basically a superhero now top dog and i don't know why i'm i'm asking a question from top fraud but he wants to know: Can you still shoot holes in concrete like you couldn't that demo? Oh, where it was like I a wall of concrete, and you this can guy kind was, of like... Um,
1: I think this guy tweeted me and seemed upset that you couldn't shoot holes in concrete. It's probably um, true.
0: Yeah, he, he 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 definitely hangs on the word of Xbox people a lot. He's always in every one of their podcasts, but hates Xbox with the passion. But yeah,
1: that is weird. Like, what what do you get out of hate Xbox and following Xbox podcasts around? I'm curious. I don't know. Um, but let let um, answer, answer that, his question answer that question while I answer your yeah. question. Okay. Um. so that specific demo where you blow tiny little one inch slice chunks in walls no, you can't blow you can't cut out a little square in a wall in the multiplayer, and I don't know why you'd want to, but um, if you use a shotgun and you blast the wall, yeah, it leaves a hole you know, and you can shoot through the hole but like, can you like draw a penis with, with the bullets? no so i mean if you if you were if you were hoping to be able to draw a penis and um maybe you're the kind of person that is hopeful that they can draw a penis in a game on a wall i'm afraid you're not going to be able to do that
0: No, i'm sorry uh, sorry to hear that one of the criticisms you did have in your article is that you felt because of the lock-on that the weapons really didn't feel any different from one another
1: yeah i mean that was that was the biggest criticism for me was um, I used the Gatling gun assault assault rifle, a pistol, and a shotgun because of the lock on they didn't really feel they didn't have enough differentiation. It was like, okay, I'm using the Gatling gun now. The only reason I knew it was a Gatling gun was because it said so on the screen and it and it had like a little bit of a spin up time. um the guns didn't sound different different enough from each other. they didn't look different enough from each other. The fact that you I know like the agents are supposed to be super soldiers, but the fact that like you use a Gatling gun over your shoulder in the same way that you use a rifle over like pressed against your shoulder. That just that isn't what a Gatling gun is to me. A Gatling gun to me is like you hold it at your side, it's super heavy. And I I also I automatically had this assumption that if I was using a Gatling gun, then that'd mean like I wouldn't be able to jump as high or, or anything like that. But it didn't affect the gameplay at all. Having a Gatling gun did not affect the gameplay, which was annoying. And um, again, they said to me, "We can tweak the numbers on this. You know, it's still a work in progress. Getting the feel of these weapons down right." So like, I wanted to put that out there because I want I want that to be addressed. The weapons need to feel different to be in order to be rewarding. They need to feel different. And um, the, when I played, they didn't feel different enough. So hopefully, they'll sort that for launch.
0: Did you notice that if you download the game on Game Pass, it's like two games? Though you get like. Uh... presumably a single player and then a multiplayer so is it two is it two separate games do you know anything about that
1: the the client i played was not two separate games on the on the dashboard it was like launch campaign or launch multiplayer but again that might have just been the demo client maybe they will launch it as two separate titles i mean what do you think of that if they do maybe launch crackdown is crackdown multiplayer is free to play or something
0: I mean, they do, they always say, say, like, if you pre order the game, you get access to Wrecking Zone or whatever, which is kind of a weird thing to say. You would just think, like, you get the game, you get the game. It almost seems like Wrecking Zones is own separate mode. I mean, maybe we'll find out more about it later. But the fact that, like, you can pre order it now and there's two separate downloads kind of implies it's two separate, like, things you can start up. Like, I want to play the campaign and, or I want to play the multiplayer and there's two separate things. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting, mm-hmm. but. Um, it is.
1: There's that. there's a what's it called? Crackdown three new Providence, yeah. And then
0: separately, is Crackdown
1: three Wrecking Zone or whatever. Um, well, that must like, be exploring new new business models for this. Maybe, yeah. maybe. How about this? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that could make the multiplayer free to play. But the thing is, they've said they said to me, no loot, cr- no loot, no loot crates, and no microtransactions at, at launch. So maybe they'll add them later, but they they very at least said to me no loot crates.
0: I wonder if this is a game that could have uh, really uh benefited from a public beta of some kind.
1: Well, they did originally say that, right?
0: I mean, in 2016, yes, they did say that the beta there would be a beta. The game's coming out in February. Now, do you know if if both the single player and multiplayer are launching on February 15th? This isn't I don't. like a so I would
1: presume so. It,
0: Okay, because I'm just because the trailer they showed did say February fifteenth. Because I, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out more. I I would assume they're both launching on the same day. Uh, LG Nemesis wants to know if you if there an option to change your sensitivity or like, and I want to ask you, can you turn off lock on? No, you can't. Well, at least in, when I played, you couldn't turn off lock on. Um, okay.
1: but the the thing is, you get destroyed if you don't turn on lock on. Because people are jumping around, they're moving around really fast. I mean, if you turn on lock on, turn off lock on, you are just going to get destroyed, like in GTA Online. You know, they added like they added the ability to turn off lock on in GTA Online, and it just it was just silly because the people who had it on just destroyed everyone. <laughs> because the game's vertical, you know, people are dropping down really fast, and if they if they can lock on and jump away really fast, they're going to absolutely destroy you. So I don't know why you'd want to turn it off. Right. Maybe they'll do a separate playlist or something where just nobody has lock on. I could get behind that. But one of the things they also said to me was because of the fact that it has lock on, it means they can do full cross platform play with PC
0: and it not be unfair. So hmm. well, that's that's great information about all the crackdown three stuff, Jazz. I appreciate you sharing your info here. But I know it's Sunday, people got things to do, so we're going to, uh, you know, finish up the show. So if you guys have any questions, though, make sure to drop them in chat. And I have a question for you, Jess, first. Sure. Before, before we take some audience questions. How are you enjoying the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> uh, now,
1: the, the coolest thing about the Switch is the form factor. I love the hardware, like... I'm I'm I'm, so, I'm I'm impressed man Diablo 3 runs flawlessly on this thing and it's like I know know Diablo's an old game but it it looks great it runs great there's no lag even though there's tons of mobs on screen and you just you just presume that it'd struggle um the joysticks feel good I love the the modularity of the the controllers you can snap them off and add them to like a, a gamepad or just buy the separate gamepad if you want and stuff like that I love the hardware but rand we've always we've always had back and forth about this about why indie games sell better on switch uh-huh it has no games
0: it has switch, no games switch
1: has no games what? i went through the entire switch library which is 2100 games i couldn't find a single game i either wanted to play or wasn't already on xbox i ain't paying 40 pounds for darkest dungeon man 40 pounds for darkest dungeon are they tripping there's no games on the switch wow so that's why that's why indie games sell is because there's no competition there's no triple competition doom's on there or wolfenstein and and they're all games don't play them again and if i do want to play them i'll play them in 4k on my xbox one yeah it's nice to have them mobile but i'll, I'll wait for project x cloud for that um i want to get smash brothers not really interested in zelda um, I got Diablo just because some of my friends have got Diablo. Uh, but that's it, man. I want Metroid Prime. Uh, there's no classic games on there. So I would have liked to have played classic uh, classic Mario, Yoshi's Island, classic S- Super Metroid and stuff like that. But none of them are on there. And if they are going to be on there, they're going to be tied to a stupid subscription service that I don't want to pay for. Um, so I'm kind of bewildered by it, really.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm glad I don't have any Nintendo fans on the channel because they'd be coming at me with, what do you mean it has no games? Right? What games does it have? I don't know. I mean, I hear all the time Xbox has no games. I don't know. But it
1: has all the same games Xbox has, but in lower resolution and more expensive a lot of the time. £40 for Darkest Dungeon. That game's like $5 on Steam. I ain't paying £40 for Darkest Dungeon.
0: (laughs) Well, let's 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 dive into some actual questions here. Well, you know what? I have another question for you. When are you going to get a PlayStation Four and experience that greatness, son? Man, you know now now that you got a Switch, I think it's time to get yourself. You know, you got Black Friday coming up. I'm sure there's sales in Germany. I'm sure you can pick up a PlayStation super cheap, right? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. There are some games. There are some games worth playing. And well, that's the PlayStation. that's the,
1: that's the difference between the Switch and PlayStation, really, is that I love the Switch's form factor and the hardware. I love the portability of it and stuff like that, um, even though I'm not a fan of the way Nintendo's handling the games on that system. But Sony's like the opposite. The The form factor of the PS4 Pro is just wrong. It's massive and noisy, and um, it's kind of funny that they're releasing a new version that's quieter. Um So, but the difference with PlayStation is the games are amazing. So it's like, do I want to pay for this huge console that's quite expensive for a few games and then spend most of my time on Xbox and PC? It's hard, man. It's hard to choose. Because I can take my Switch with me on vacation or when I'm traveling. But PlayStation would just sort of sit there waiting for the next exclusive. So, I don't know. Mm, interesting my, go- my girlfriend wants me to get a playstation because um, she hates xbox because xbox has no singing games
0: hmm well okay so catopsy uh, <laughs> wants to know how we're doing uh, i'm doing good how are you doing jazz you doing alright
1: i'm doing good man just playing battlefield
0: playing games I'm gonna, play Hero- I'm gonna play a lot of heroes of the storm this week yeah Captain Crust says, where was Ashen? I know, right? I thought for sure it would be part of the show, but I would I imagine that
1: Interactive has sold the rights to the game awards. That's where Ashen is.
0: Yeah, so Ashen's gonna be at the Game Awards. Uh Zodin wants to know, what about Battletoads? I would like to know. Yeah. Battletoads oh. like was no show. And I don't even think they mentioned it. I don't think when Matt Booty was talking about the games they have coming next year, he even mentioned Battletoads. I think what they're doing there is
1: ultimately they're waiting for E3 to talk about games because that's when investors are watching. So I guess, yeah. Investors probably are less interested in what studios they're acquiring and, you know, whether Minecraft has pandas
0: in it. Yeah. Ermin wants to know thoughts on Sony's new patent for remastering through emulation, just like the X already does for rapper. The rapper is an example. I guess BC is important now. Um,
1: I think it's a good thing, especially if, because like Nintendo, PlayStation has a great legacy of games behind it. Yes, they do. Um, I, hate, I hate that PlayStation doesn't leverage that more. Because that would get me to buy a PlayStation straight away. If like I could play some of these classic games from PS2 era that I love. I know there are a few on there, but there's they don't do enough in that area. And considering how hard Microsoft pushes on backwards compatibility when it doesn't have as much nostalgic content as Sony does, that's just a complete missed opportunity in my mind.
0: I agree. So, uh, I'm I'm think so- they're doing it. I think some of their design choices obviously affected that. Clearly the PlayStation three cell processor and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Sony said they had data that showed like people didn't use backwards compatibility. So they just like, they said they had data that like, nobody's going to use a 4k Blu-ray player. So they didn't include a disk drive in the PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, Obviously, there's nostalgia based around back compat, as we saw with the SNES Mini and the NES Mini, and now the Sony PlayStation Mini. That's like a viable Mm. business. People buy those. But I fully expect the PlayStation 5 to be backwards backwards compatible with maybe every generation of PlayStation Definitely really? the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Definitely, I, I, definitely I, PS4. If it wasn't backwards compatible with oh no, PS4,
1: that'd be m- yeah, that would
0: be... Yeah, that would be a huge thing. But the with the whole digital, I would imagine it'll be fully back and pat with the PS4. And I just kind of see Sony maybe positioning PlayStation 5 as the ultimate PlayStation ex- like box. Just like how Xbox is like, hey, the Xbox One is the place where you can play all the current games and you have a bunch of 360 games and a bunch of... You know, OG Xbox games, uh, and I think all that stuff will transfer to next gen. I can see Sony doing something similar where they're like, "Hey, you know what? We have all this stuff from PS1 to PS2, even some PS3." That off,
1: I'll be there day one, man. I'll be yeah, there I, day one. I've still got my PS2 game.
0: I, I mean, I, I, I mean, like I said, I don't know. And uh, you know, it's like this, like guy. I'm getting you know destroyed for saying Sega, which was always just like kind of like a like this ain't happening. But you know, it's fun to Sega. think about. You know, if Sony was going around that 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 thing with Pad, I think that would be very interesting. Uh, Sub Z- Zdoc says, question: Isn't it surprising that Minecraft isn't on Game Pass? Yes, it sells, but thinking about the reoccurring <laughs> money. Also, both of you stop lurking in the Xbox Era Discord. Uh, I don't. It's yeah, not. I'm, su- in, I'm in the Era Discord. I'm in the I'm in the Discord too, but I don't really use Discord. It's not surprising that Minecraft is in Game Pass because it's sells all the time uh although i guess you could make an argument that it would add value to game pass jazz uh, yeah and that's what they want to do
1: that is just a pure monetary choice i guess i think like i think it will be in game pass eventually when it gets to a, a complete saturation point and where they start making more money from the the market especially now they've added the modding platform to to the playstation uh, the xbox version um once once that kicks in i think it could switch to a game pass thing where it's like yeah we'll put in game pass and then upsell the marketplace that makes sense to me but um at least while it's still selling really well i guess they'll keep it out for now
0: yeah um let's see what else we got here uh FR Dispatch Gaming wants to know if Ashton's still releasing this year. Uh, Yes, yes, probably December. Uh, What else? Hundred percent. Um, oh, BZ McNasty wants to know what big games are coming out in 2019 on the PlayStation 4. Well, I mean all the third party stuff, which is coming out. Days gone.
1: Days gone.
0: Days gone is coming out in April. Concrete Genie. which, I mean, I guess it depends on what you define as big, right? So if you're just talking about, like, AAA games, Days Gone, all the multi Where's, Where's Killzone? That's what I want to know. Killzone's probably next-gen. Now, beyond that, I don't know. They still have Ghost of Tsushima. They still have Last of Us Part 2. They still have Death Stranding. I think one of those three games will also release next year. There's some talk what that Death Str- Stranding run. Well, they did just say that that, that like, Death Stranding voiceover like, recordings are finished. What is it? But what is it? I don't know what Death Stranding is. Nobody knows (laughs) what Death Stranding is. (laughs) Nobody knows what Death Stranding is. So I mean, I don't know. Like you know, with with Xbox, the big games for Xbox, like big games. I mean, it's really just Gears 5, is it not? I mean, I guess you could I don't really I mean a lot of people wouldn't consider Ori a big game. Gears Um, tactics is a big game. I hate you. Yeah, but for Xbox or for PC? For both. Well, it's not been announced yet for Xbox. It might as well have been. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see about that. Um, yeah. So shout out to Gamerum for the super chat. It says BC isn't a USP for the masses. Exclusives are. Uh, you know, people like different things. Not everybody likes the same stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, some people.
1: Val- it's value added. Oh my God! I fell yeah. through the world in Battlefield Five.
0: GG. Yeah, I mean, some people like different things, man. Some people love their exclusives, some people love Call of Duty and FIFA and they only play that stuff and couldn't care less about Spider-Man and God of War it's, or it's Forza. Like, it's it doesn't just really nice matter.
1: No, it's there, you know. Yeah. It's, and and that sells consoles. You know, the fact that it's just nice to know it's there. It's like in, in Mass Effect and it's like in Mass Effect, right? I always say this, like EA EA always says about Mass Effect. Nobody plays a renegade. Only twenty percent of players play a renegade Now for EA, the logic there is, well, why bother including dialogue choices right if everyone's If everyone's just playing as a paragon, why bother adding dialogue choices and it 's because it adds value to your choice if you If you are not choosing to be a paragon, then it makes your decisions less impactful you know and if you just you might as well just be playing like you might as well just be playing like a linear narrative game at that point. The fact that you see your decisions play out in real time—that's the value added. And it's like it's like that in backwards compatibility as well. I barely use backwards compatibility. It's like I've only played through the Dragon Age games. I played Metal Gear uh, Revengeance*, *Rising: Revengeance*. I really hate that word, <laughs> *Revengeance*. But it's—I um, played uh, Metal Gear Rising*. I played like the Mass Effect games too, and it's like. Yeah, I don't use it all that often. I just like knowing that it's there. Like if there's like a drought, a gaming drought, sometime maybe I'll jump back and play like a classic game. If they ever make a Mass Effect Four, which they kind of were, seems Internet, like they are. Yeah. There, yeah, I will. I I do that, man. Every time a new Mass Effect comes out, I go back, play the whole trilogy to refresh. It's almost like a tradition for me. I just like to know. I just like that it's there.
0: Man. Hmm. Well, Okay. Blank Blank says that he has insider information that PlayStation is one last major game for this gen. Thoughts on what it may be. It is unannounced, maybe Bloodborne 2. Um, I I'd expect Bloodborne 2 to be a PlayStation 5 game, to be honest with you. Mm. I mean, I guess it all depends on when PlayStation 5 is. Twenty if it's next year, well, I don't think there's an unannounced unannounced exclusive.
1: PlayStation All Stars 2.
0: Yeah. Uh if it's Very 2020, hard. it's possible, but I don't think there's like a secret AAA hidden game. I think all the games that Sony's working on, like Horizon Zero Dawn Two and Spider Man Two, God of War Two, uh, Bloodborne Two, uh, Killzone, all that stuff, all their studios are basically going to be working for PlayStation Five. This gen's over. You know, we got a couple years left, but just like Xbox, Sony's looking to the future as well. Uh, that you know their studios are working on on those games, but. That's the end of the show. I appreciate me and Jez appreciate everybody being here live. We had a whole bunch of you like five hundred and thirty and if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you give it a thumbs up. subscribe if you're new' because that would help out the channel. Jez, let the people know when the next Windows Central article is going to drop, so people can uh
1: well check it out. this
0: week i um i'm
1: gonna i am I haven't decided yet. I might do like Two separate articles, one about the campaign for Crackdown, one about the cloud destruction into the tech of it. There's going to be more Crackdown content next week from me, basically. Um, other than that, uh, nothing particularly exciting.
0: Yeah, follow Jez on Twitter. His link is in the description. Uh, if you guys are watching later on you know Google Play or iTunes, we appreciate it. Thanks to everybody in chat here live, as well as all the uh, you know support that we got. It was pretty awesome. I'm gonna be pumping out a bunch of videos this week. Got a whole lot of content coming, like a an Xbox One X one year review that I'm really working hard on. It's probably gonna oh, be. I my, need to do that
1: too. Thanks.
0: It's probably gonna be my like biggest. <laughs> well, the years like it was last week, but I've been like really working hard on this video. Like I'm spending so much time editing it, and I hope people. I'm gonna really... rip it off. Okay, will you do that? So I got a whole bunch of content <laughs> coming, a whole bunch of reviews and stuff like that. So sub- subscribe if you're new. Uh, and we're not sure. We probably won't do another show this week. We'll probably be back next week uh, on a regular show, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, and we'll see you then. So have a good one, guys, and uh, we'll talk later. Bye. Hugs.